Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Lincoln Journal Stars Life in the Red podcast. Luke Mullen and Amy Just with your usual weekly update talking basketball, baseball, softball at this time of the year and beach volleyball. Yes. I was going to say, usually we, uh, Kind of briefly mentioned the weather, you know, just to mm-hmm. give you a little little time and place what we're dealing with here in Lincoln. And today, as always, the swings of of Nebraska weather have been very clear. Yesterday, eighty degrees. Today, cooling down. Evidently, some snow, uh, flurry potential. Going to be warm again. <laughs> Crazy week. Uh, but the highlight was, of course, some really unseasonably warm eighty degree temperatures that allowed Nebraska to play some outdoor beach volleyball. Really cool. Yeah, for the first time ever, yeah. um, uh, Jalen Reyes was telling me, yep, for the first time ever, they were able to get outside. They were hoping to get outside today, too, but it was just too windy uh, for their match earlier, so they moved that back into their facility in the Hawks. But you take it where you can get it. Um, those types of reps, you can't, like you, they practice it uh, various sand, uh, sand volleyball courts mm-hmm. around town, but like getting it in competition, like you can't match that. Yeah. And I, I really enjoyed, we have an article up on our website from Brent Wagner, who's there on the scene. I really enjoyed it. I was there too. Yeah, it was, there too. I mean, I couldn't, <laughs> yeah. I couldn't help myself. Like I wasn't going to write about it, but I had to be there. Like it was a spectacle. Yeah. And what I really enjoyed from Brent's article is he had a, a, a line that was like, you know, this beach volleyball program is usually out of sight, out of mind. You know, they, they play indoors. It's not, you know, open to the public, but out, out in the open, you know, and they've live streamed some matches too to get people to to watch them as well, which is really nice. But having it out in the public, you know, students you can just come by, see that. I mean, it really, I think, really kind of gives that togetherness that that they like, you know, in any athletic program. Yeah, absolutely. There was a lot of support um, from um, the boyfriends of other sports that were there. A bunch of football guys were there. Ed Foley was there. I feel like I've seen Ed Foley like five days in a row at this <laughs> point um, between the other uh, beach volleyball match that I went to. Um, the basketball game the other day, the Team Jack Gala. That man is everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> energy, little uh, energizer rabbit energy that he's got for sure. But really cool, worth mentioning, uh, the outdoor beach volleyball. So that was a, a notable event. But I think you you mentioned basketball. And, man, we got some uh, some wins to talk about. Usually it's, you know, a little up and down, wins, losses. How are they doing? Well, men's team, wins team, only wins uh, from this last week. So we will start a... Uh, with the women's basketball team. And really, I think both of these games, they controlled them. I mean, they were really impressive in that 75-50 win over Northwestern. Um, Logan Nisley, we talked about her last time, had another great game, 12 points, filled up the stat sheet. And Natalie Potts, 18 points, 10 rebounds, won her seventh Big Ten Freshman of the Week award. Also had a good game there against Minnesota. But man, she is incredible. And both of those players really coming on strong here. Yeah, like I said, what? Last week, two weeks ago, you might as well just give the award to Natalie right now. I mean, come on, for real. And then with how Logan Nisley has played, like she might be playing her way into the all-freshman team. You know, she has shown that she can do it. She's she's just clicked lately. Um, 
and I love watching her play. I just, she's fun. And it's not only that she's scoring at a high level, but she's creating other opportunities for other people too. Yeah, really great all-around player. Um, doing a lot for the women's team right now. And on senior day, it was their third win in a row, defeated Minnesota 70-51. to Again, led early, just didn't let Minnesota get back in the game. They played really good defense, held them to a pretty poor uh, shooting night overall. And Jazz Shelley led the way 16 points. Lexus Markowski had a, a very similar total, but worth mentioning, of course, Jazz Shelley, one of the seniors that was honored there, Darian White, Maddie Kroll, and Annika Stewart, uh, the other. So four of them seniors and three of them transfers. It's kind of crazy with all the points, you know, all the games that Jazz Shelley has had in a Nebraska uniform. I had to think back like, wow, she's a transfer. Like she had a, you know, good career before she came to Nebraska too. Like, Really yeah, impressive. yeah. Uh, a point that Amy Williams made in the video that uh, Nebraska women's basketball put out is all four of those seniors had like completely different stories. You know, Ani Stewart has been here for her entire career. Jess Shelley has been here for three years. Maddie Kroll has been here for two and Darian White has been here for one. So like, it's just really interesting how all different their paths were, but that they all converged here. Um, and I thought that was a really interesting point. Yeah, absolutely. So that was a little bit of a celebration because regular season almost done. One last final game left for the Husker women's team. That's Sunday, March 3rd. They're on the road to Illinois. It's a big one because Big Ten tournament seating, very much a topic of discussion right now. And very simple for Nebraska. Win, and they finish fourth in the conference, get the crucial double bye. Yeah, and I think they'll do it. Um, Illinois is respectable, right? But I just, I think that um, the way Nebraska has played as of late, um, that they, they'll they be able to do it. Yeah. And it would be so good for them to be able to secure that um, because the Big Ten Women's Tournament, um, unlike the men's, um, you know, the men's tournament, I think anything can happen. Um, the women's tournament, everybody's earmarking, oh, it'll be Ohio State and Iowa in the final. Not if Nebraska has anything to say about that. So um, Nate, our our editor, uh, Nate and I were looking over potential seedings and what those potential matchups could look like. And yeah, if things hold, um, Nebraska could end up seeing Ohio State, which would be yeah. something. But what's the, uh, I've, I've not looked all into the tiebreaker situation. So if they lose, is that, they down bumped to the down to yep. five, okay. yeah. Yep. So that is the situation. Um, again, Sunday, they play at Illinois. So uh, a very big game there as they look towards the conference tournament. But NCAA tournament-wise, no real change in terms of their bracketology. Last time we talked, they were kind of number eight, maybe number nine somewhere. They seem to be really solidly on that number eight line right now. So. Yep. Yeah, and yeah, the only way I can foresee that changing is if they make some moves at the Big Ten tournament. Yep, so... That is where the women's basketball team is at right now. One regular season game left. The men's basketball team, a couple more games uh, before that, before they get to their postseason action. But they finally did it. Finally won on the road, and they are on fire right now. Um, starting off with that road win, 85-70 over Indiana. And it was it was an interesting game. <laughs> uh, in many ways, uh, the dominant, you know, first half scoring effort, the near collapse in the second half to grind it out there at the end. I mean, just in totality, I mean, that was a win that they really, really needed. Yeah. And we had seen 
that type of storyline play out before dominant first half and then it all just kind of falls apart for them. We saw that in Minnesota. We saw that at Rutgers. And then, but unlike in those games, Nebraska found a way to, you know, make make some shots and get back in it and then finish the game with a double digit, like 15 plus point. Yeah. So good for them. You know, basketball and stupid cliche that is accurate. Basketball is a game of runs and you have to be able to withstand them when they happen. And Nebraska had showed this season that they hadn't really been able to do that, especially on the road. And now finally they did it. They, the boogeyman is dead. Yeah. They played, they played 20 minutes of really good basketball, 10 minutes of bad Mm -hmm. basketball, and then, eh, you know, 10 fine minutes there at the end, Mm -hmm. whatever you want to demarcate it. But definitely I thought that that first half was really impressive Casey and Tobinaga and Jamarcus Lawrence, they were on fire hitting those three-pointers early. Jamarcus Lawrence, five for five from three in that game. Juwan Gary was even hitting some threes. Like, they were feeling it offensively there. Uh, but, you know, when it when it all kind of broke down, you know, as you mentioned, we've seen that a couple times this year, like the offense just struggled. But they were finally able to get into a little bit more rhythm um, late in that one that really helped them pull out the victory. And I think that kind of showed that maybe carried over a little bit uh, into their home game there against Minnesota. It was a, another dominant win, 73-55. I mean, the entire arena was loud. It just, it felt like a game where you could kind of sense the energy, the excitement about this team kind of moving forward here in the last month of the season. Oh, yeah, you could you could feel it from the beginning. And then it was a really ugly first 10 minutes for yeah. both teams offensively. Nebraska's defense was good. And then Josiah Alex set the tone really early on the glass. He grabbed, again once again, two really big offensive re- rebounds early. Um, but neither team hit the 10-point mark until over halfway through the first half. It was brutal. And then finally got into a groove there. But yeah, it was ugly to start. Yeah. And then... PBA got really into it um, once shots started falling. Yeah, and second half was certainly, I think, a lot more of the the brand of basketball mm-hmm. Nebraska wanted to play, but you got to credit this team, too. And I, you know, I was watching on TV and, and the announcers were saying, hey, this is, you know, a Fred Hoiberg coach team that, you know, he comes to Nebraska, you know, it's all about offense pushing it. And I mean, these last two seasons in particular, their defense has just grown so, so much. And yeah, for sure to... To keep, you know, to keep the team in when you're not shooting the ball. We've seen that a couple of times. And and this one was so huge to keep Minnesota off of it. But Juwan Gary, he was he was hitting those threes again. I'm like, man, this guy, this guy's a three-point shooter. He had four yeah. three-pointers, a career high for him, 22 points. That's his that's also his career high. Um, and what a what a time to, you know, to to, you know, I'm not gonna say peak. We don't want to say that yet, but, you know, continue the climb. Um, and as I noted in my takeaways, as I was sitting there watching him, I couldn't help but feel like just so fortunate that we're able to watch him in this moment. Because if you remember Rutgers, the sky was falling, the world was ending. He himself thought his season was done. Um, then he, you know, obviously we find out that that's not the case yeah. and he puts up 22 points and a much needed win um, that can help t- that could help take Nebraska off of the bubble squarely into the tournament picture. Yeah. 
Well, it's it's so exciting. This team, you know, Rick Mass can hit threes too. Like they're so versatile. You know, obviously Casey can come up with some huge scoring, but I mean Bryce Williams has had some big games. Like CJ Wilshere yeah. has had some big games, uh, and then that, you know Marcus has been so good. He, yeah, he's been yeah. incredible lately. And then you look at Sam Hoiberg. Like he's not scoring a whole lot, but like he's been like a junkyard dog mm-hmm. on defense. Like he's good for pick six almost every game it feels like and just completely takes other teams leading scores just completely out of the picture um and it's fun watching it all come together yeah the rotation's looking really good right now the players that nebraska has in uh very well defined in their roles and doing a great job at it but halftime dunk contest that was uh, go (laughs) that was crazy people People were all over online. This is better than the NBA dunk contest. And it was. They were, yeah, they're probably it was, right. Yeah. It was awesome. It was so awesome. Um, when I found out that um, Thomas Fedoni was going to be competing, I'm like, oh God, please don't get hurt. Yeah, please right. don't get hurt. I was like that for everybody, but like Thomas in particular, I'm like, please don't get hurt. Please don't get hurt. Please don't get hurt. Um, and he made it to the final and uh, made a dunk from basically the free throw line. What the hell? It was incredible. Um, but Jeremiah Charles, obviously, uh, far and away the winner there. Um, that may have been the best halftime show they've had oh, yeah. in a long oh, yeah. time. Um, too bad you can't do that every week. It makes it less special. But yeah, it was so fun. Um, but my favorite dunk, though, uh, was a uh, shout out Emmett Johnson. For trying to dunk over Matt the confidence, Rule. The confidence there. Oh, <laughs> Incredible. <laughs> Incredible. Um, he was really close to pulling yeah, it off. Just the too. trail, trail leg. It was, yeah. oh, man. That so far away there on the, the dunk attempt. Yeah. And then uh, sources say uh, if Heidrich would have made the final, that Harper Murray was going to set him the basketball. Oh, wow. That would have. I would have got the crowd going. But yeah, no, I uh, I was like, what the heck? That would have been great. You're right here. She's like, we were saving it for the final. And I'm like, well, dang it. That would have been, chance. Yeah. That been next year. awesome. <laughs> that would have been Save awesome. Save it for next year. But I mean, really, really cool event. And, you know, I think you you got to credit the, co- the football coaching staff for just having that kind of attitude that like, hey, these guys are athletic. Like, let them go out, have fun, you know, support the basketball team. And I will say, Jeremiah Charles, definite advantage there. The most recent basketball. He was playing basketball last winter. So he's, uh, yeah, he was, he was ready for that, I think. Yeah. Well, on Fred Hoiberg's radio show, he uh, made a joke that maybe Jeremiah could be a three sport athlete. I mean, (laughs) oh man. I mean, he looked the part. That's right. Maybe uh, if we, if we ever run into uh, COVID, COVID, you know, depleted roster situation. We or all remember the, the Noah Vedral, Brant Banks filling out the roster. We do indeed. And it doesn't, you know, have to be COVID. A situation happened this year um, in women's basketball. TCU had just a, a run of season-ending injuries and they signed one of their volleyball players and some people off the street. I mean, here, even with uh, Nebraska Beach Volleyball, they signed uh, a player off of the street, out of the student body, because they uh, needed someone. Yeah. So anything can happen. Anything sure. can happen. So, yeah. Uh, Jeremiah Charles, keep your keep your phone on. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, really cool event that got a ton of love online. People all over. Really excited to see um, just kind of the athletes on display there. So that was a cool moment. But 
as we kind of go back big picture about this men's to actual team. Basketball. Yeah, I know. <laughs> not talking about football players, Duncan. Uh, but I mean, you, you know, they've won four in a row. And, you know, last time it was, it was very much on the bubble. This has really solidified, you know, their tournament position for now. I, I'm a lot can change. So. I'm not yeah. going to say they're a lock. I'm not going to like, you know, to say to put it in Sharpie. Um, they still, I, I still don't feel confident declaring them bound for the NCAA tournament until they win one more road game. Yeah, they say beat Ohio State, and I think they're I think they're good as gold. And as of the other day, I haven't looked today. Um, but that would be a quad one win. Yeah, I think it still is. Okay, so, like, yep. and everyone's like, "Oh, Ohio State's not very good." The quadrants change based on location of game, and it's a very low quad one win. Like, they're on the bubble of being a quad one versus quad two team. So it's not like, oh, it's the same as beating Purdue. It's not the same as beating Purdue. There's tears. Yeah. to it but that would be super helpful um and that i think would solidify things for them yes for sure so that is thursday 5 30 nebraska will be on the road at ohio state and they will follow that up they will be back in lincoln on sunday for senior night Rutgers comes to lincoln um and by the way those ncaa tournament projections cbs has nebraska as a 10 seed espn has them at number nine as of tuesday those latest projections but Got to talk about the double bye for the Husker men, too. Currently fifth, half a game out of fourth place. Um, how 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 are they looking for that double bye in your eyes? So Nebraska's in a good spot when it comes to the tiebreaker situation. So they have the head-to-head over Michigan State. So if Nebraska and Michigan State end up with the same Big Ten record, Nebraska beats them out for positioning. And then you have... Wisconsin and Northwestern. Now, Nebraska went one and one against both of those teams. But if you move down in the tiebreaker procedures, Nebraska edges out both of them um, because weirdly enough, I don't know why, and I'm not going to dig into this, but the second piece of tiebreaker it for when two teams are tied, three or more, it's a little different. But when two teams are tied with the same Big Ten record, if you have, if you split uh, the regular season. Um, then the second point is that you have, it goes based off of the record against the number one team. So that's Purdue. So Nebraska is one and O against Purdue, whereas the other two, um, have at least one loss. So Nebraska would win out in that regard. So Nebraska is good in the tiebreaker position, um, but I think it's still a little too early to say how things are going to shake out. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I, Nebraska has the most favorable schedule, um, compared to, uh, those two teams. Yeah, this is complex. This is why we, we need you to break it down. And yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure at this point there's hundreds, thousands of mathematical possibilities. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's a little early, yeah. uh, for me to say, well, root for them, root yeah. for this, um, Obviously, just root for Nebraska to win if you're a Nebraska fan. And then we'll kind of see the picture come into uh, clearer. Um, But obviously, you want Purdue to keep winning, Mm -hmm. too. So Purdue stays in the number one spot. And I think that that will happen. Um, But yeah, if the number one team is Illinois, that changes things from a tiebreaker's perspective. But I think Purdue has a big enough lead that I don't want to say it's safe, but it's safe. Yeah. 
if uh, if Illinois is the number one seed, that uh, that blown call looks even even worse in uh, in mm. retrospective. So that is the uh, the men's basketball seeding update. Again, three regular season games left for them as they close out this campaign. And onto the baseball and softball teams, just starting up uh, their spring seasons. Uh, baseball, they were of course on the road as always is the case here in February. Uh, they were playing Grand Canyon, won three of four games against them, and now four and three on the season. Uh, won those first two games behind some really good uh, starting pitching efforts. Drew Christo, six inning start. We kind of mentioned him before the mm-hmm. season. We were hoping that, you know, he can maybe, you know, fulfill that potential, be one of those top starters. So that was really nice to see from him. And then Brett Sear has been really a strong, mm-hmm. strong Friday starter. Both of his Friday starts so far, uh, another six inning effort from him. And you bats were were hot in that one, eleven to one win. But things got things got chippy uh, later in this series. That they did. That they did. <laughs> so uh, it was it was on Saturday. Really, it was a, a back and forth game, and Nebraska really ended up missing uh, missing some chances there. Left bases loaded late. Grand Canyon came back to win that one, and really at the end, you know, there was teams kind of came together. You know, it was kind of baseball, whatever. You know. Stuff happens, you know. I'm sure Grand Canyon was very, very excited to to get that win. But Sunday, this kind of got some uh, some national headlines. Nebraska was up eight three. Grand Canyon comes back, ties it up with a grand slam, and their hitter Tyler Wilson he was ejected for bat flipping. Uh, the Stupid. rationale: both teams have been warned. I think Stupid. that was yeah. Stupid. Yeah. Let him let him have. Not. I'm not saying that. Um, you know, Tyler was stupid for bat flipping. It's stupid that he was ejected for that. Like, let let him have fun. Who cares? Get off my lawn, Grandpa. Like, have fun. This is college athletics. Ooh, a bat flip. So scary. All right. So intimidating. It's like the NFL and the taunting. Like, who cares? Who cares? Not me. <laughs> I know. And the thing, the thing too that gets me about bat flipping per se is like that is one of the most subjective things like how do you quantify like the showmanship like you just lay it down like that that's a a statement in itself like come on it's it's stupid so this was worth (laughs) this was worth bringing up because i mean this was one of the the college baseball national highest of the week guy gets ejected after hitting a, a game tying grand slam. But, you know, it's worth underscoring. I mean, this was a, a back and forth couple of days for the Husker baseball team. And that was a, you know, a tough moment for them. Obviously they were up eight, three, you know, you get that grand Canyon ties it up, but Nebraska bullpen really stepped up. They held them scoreless rest of the way. And Huskers ended up going ahead. Dylan Carey scored on a pass ball and they won that one 10 to eight because a three and one weekend, two and two weekend feel very, very different there. So yes, they do, especially when it's all you know against the same team. Yeah, absolutely. So again, a four and three right now. Uh, they will be going to College of Charleston this weekend. That's an undefeated uh, College of Charleston team. Uh, once again, four games there on the road for the Husker baseball team. So continuing their start to the season. And as for the softball team, uh, they had a, a very, very eventful weekend as well mm-hmm. at the Mary Nutter Classic. Uh, played five programs, which made the NCAA tournament last year, several of them top 25 in the, in the coaches poll and two and three weekend. I had, I'd identified that as a, a pretty good target, but man, they, they could have, they could have won four easily. It was, yeah. it was in their grasp. Yeah. It's one of those things where if you're, if you hear, oh, they're going to go two and three, you're like, okay. And then you see how it happened and you're like, oh, that's a disappointment. Yeah. Like going into that, I did not think um, two and three would be uh 
disappointing, but the way that it happened, it's just, oh man. Yeah, really tough. So the uh, the first day of action there, uh, San Diego State and UCLA, two different games that Nebraska had and walk-off losses to both of them, which was tough enough, but consider a San Diego State game, it was really kind of a, a pitcher's duel, tight, and then, you know, San Diego State, they get the walk-off hit, Nebraska comes back right away, and they played a phenomenal six innings against a UCLA program that's always amongst the nation's best, and then five straight runs there in the bottom of the seventh, UCLA walks them off. I mean, it it doesn't get any tougher than that. Yeah, it just, you have it in your grasp, and then you you take your foot off the gas just for a second, and it's over. Yeah, but credit where credit's due, yes, the response, I mean... You have those two losses. It, it would have been very easy to potentially let that, you know, impact your weekend. And immediately, their most impressive win of the year, they come back, beat Oregon six to nothing. Sarah Harness and Kalen Kinney combined for the shutout. And to me, this was one of the stories of the weekend was pitching and hitting because Nebraska's hitting, they showed up. All, all of these games, you know, maybe they were easing in against San Diego State a little bit, but the bats were going, a lot of homers, um, the top of the order is playing really, really well. But the pitching, you know, the Jordy ball out, this was always going to be kind of a, a topic of concern. And to see Harness and Kinney, you have that game, show their full potential. Uh, that was really exciting to see for the pitching staff. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, going into the season, you thought that, all right, Nebraska is going to be super competitive there. And you think you're going to have Jordy ball to do it. Um, and for them to remain competitive, even without her, I even though they did lose several games the way that they did, I still think that's a, you know, a positive. Yeah, I think absolutely the positives do outweigh the negatives from this weekend because, yeah, I mean, they looked really strong against this really good competition. And that was also true on the final day of action. Um, really tough, though. I mean, another blown lead. They're really going to be regretting that a little bit because they led 5 nothing over Utah, ended up allowing nine straight runs and, you know, you have it going again. Like, wow, this is so tough for this team to deal with. But they bounce back immediately. Cal State Fullerton scores a couple runs in the top of the first. Like, this pitching staff is getting dinged. Shout out to freshman Caitlin Alinsky. Comes in, throws four scoreless innings. Um, some clutch hits from the lineup, too. I mean, that was a win that they really needed to close out this tournament with a win. And this team's freshmen, they have been really really impressive to start this season. Yeah, it was a big question mark for me what they were going to look like, you know, how much work they were going to get at all, right? And now that they've really been thrown into the fire and I've been impressed with what they've been able to do. Yeah, and in that that game alone against Fullerton, Emerson Coe, fellow freshman, she started the game in the circle, hit a home run. Uh, Samantha Bland, she hit a grand slam against Utah earlier in the day, hit two home runs over the weekend. I mean, all three of those players, all freshmen, key players for the team. So they're coming along strong and the standout of the weekend though, Billy Andrews. My God. I thought, I thought she would maybe win national player of the week award. She's got to settle for, for big 10, uh, just conference player of the week, which second week in a row, by the way, Sydney mm -hmm. Gray won it last time, but got to tell you the stat line, five games over five games, Billy Andrews, 13 for 21 at the plate. Uh, that's 62%, uh, you know, again, five Insane. games, four home runs, I mean, this was uh, just incredible, like, to hit at that clip and to hit for power, too. I mean, and against yeah. the teams that they were playing, too. Insane. 
It was it was to the point where she was coming up to to bat in those final couple of games. It just felt inevitable. You know, she just she found I think she found a single like right down the the right field line. And it was like it was just it was just falling for her, um, certainly in that tournament. But I got to I got to take a look at the uh, national home run leaders here because she's I think she's in the the top 10. She's got to be. Yeah, she's, if uh, she's not. And she I, missed she missed four games, too. I know, yeah, I know. it's it's wild. Uh, if she's not up there, I hate to know how many home runs the other people have. Absolutely. Yeah. So that was um, a really, really great weekend for Billy Andrews uh, as that Husker softball team goes two for three at the Mary Nutter. And now season record eight and six. And I don't think they'll be too displeased with that. It's been a really high level of competition, uh, but really they they need to lock in for this series this weekend. Home opening, um, newly expanded Bowen Stadium, going to be a large crowd on hand. Missouri and Wichita State are the opponents, two of the other top softball teams around the Midwest, and they're really going to challenge Nebraska this weekend, I think. Yeah, no kidding. Um, but yeah, it's going to be the start of a, a long a long season for you at Bowlin. Yeah, 20, 20 plus games, something like Your that. Your second and, home. Yep. <laughs> hey, I'm excited because a lot of the times these, you know, late February, early March, it's, I mean, it's 40 degrees a lot of the time. We're looking at 60, I think, to 70 in the, in the forecast. What are we looking weekend. at in the forecast this week? Well, I mean, it's Nebraska. So, all right, high of 64, low of 36, windy. <laughs> the winds, we'll see. Maybe uh, a Billy Andrews home run will get caught in the uh, in the jet stream, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise these, me yeah, if she hit a ball that high. These heavy winds. So really excited uh, this weekend. Again, softball team opening up its home uh, home campaign. So stay tuned. Journalstar.com will have all that game coverage for you. Key basketball games as well going on this week. All the updates and we'll be back with it next week. We look uh, ahead to the men's and women's NCAA tournament uh, coming up in March. So that'll do it for this week's episode of Life in the Red. See you next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.